This episode is brought to you by our sponsors and by listeners like you on Patreon. Bomba's vision is simple. Make the most comfortable clothes ever and match every item sold with an equal item donated. So when you buy Bombas, you are also giving to someone in need. Bombas has designed their socks, shirts, and underwear to be the clothes you can't wait to put on every day. The Webb family over here has used them, and we love them. They're comfy, fun-looking, and come in family packs, which is awesome. I've never seen that before. I use my Bombas socks when I go on runs, and they're extremely comfortable. Everything they make is soft, seamless, tagless, and has a cozy feel. And the Bombas t-shirts are made with thoughtful design features like invisible seams, soft fabrics, and perfect waist so they hang just right. And did you know that socks, underwear, and t-shirts are the three most requested clothing items at homeless shelters? That's why Bombas donates one for every item you buy. So far, Bombas customers like you have helped donate over 50 million items of essential clothing. Go to bombas.com slash purple rocket and get 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash purple rocket for 20% off. Bombas.com slash purple rocket. Parents, school's out, summer's here, and the kids are back at home with a lot of free time. Go wild with wonder this summer without school. Enroll in a fun, flexible learning experience with over 140,000 online classes and camps for every kid with any interest. Look, as a fellow parent, I get the pressure of finding something engaging and useful for our kids to do over the summer break. OutSchool can help keep them engaged and their minds stimulating their imaginations firing. They offer every kind of class you can imagine, from entrepreneurship to freestyle dancing to art, even magic lessons. There's something for kids of all ages, grades, and interests. We homeschool in the web house, and we plan to get Aurora and Cohen signed up with some out-school activities to keep them engaged in a fun way and help them explore their talents and maybe discover some new ones. Out-school will have your kids loving to learn and having fun doing it. Head over to outschool.com slash purple rocket and use code purple rocket to learn all about out-school summer programs and save $15 on your child's first class. That's O-U-T-S-C-H-O-O-L dot com slash purple rocket to save $15 on your child's first class. Outschool.com slash purple rocket code purple rocket. And don't forget, parents, supporting our sponsors is a great way to support this podcast. And now, back to our show. The Purple Rocket Podcast presents Grandpa's Globe. Previously on Grandpa's Globe, Grandma, Grandpa, and the twins traveled to Luca Nogard's secret lair to find and destroy his magical globes. They discovered that Luca has a globe hidden on each continent, and he's been using them to create his massive dragon operation. Grandpa snapped a picture of a map showing where the globes were hidden, and then tried to destroy the globe next to Luca, but he didn't make it in time. 
As guards poured into the room, the Boons used their globe to jump to the location of the dragon's first hidden globe. And now for episode 21, Boon vs. Dragon Part 2. The Boons poofed into existence and landed on a thick sheet of ice. Whoa! They slid several feet, waving their arms to keep their balance. As they came to a stop, Sawyer and Susie shivered. Freezing wind whistled in their ears and numbed their faces. Is this our brilliant escape plan? Sawyer whined, his teeth chattering. Grandpa handed everyone a pair of gloves. We're not trying to escape, Sawyer. We're here to find the first of the dragon's globes. We're in Antarctica, aren't we? Susie asked. That's my girl, Grandma said, rubbing her head. Grandpa snapped a picture of the dragon globe locations, but I could only get us so close to the Makas. Maybe you can find something in the guidebook on what to do next? Susie pulled out the guidebook and opened it to a page marked with a red bookmark. She read quietly to herself. Meanwhile, Sawyer slowly became an ice cube. Having a nice read? he asked. Please, take your time. Quiet, Sawyer. I want to make sure. Here, it says to go to the ice hut directly northwest of here. Grandpa pointed in that direction. This way. Let's go. They ran and slid across the vast sheet of ice in their clunky samurai armor. Drifts of snowy dust whipped around their feet in currents. Blue iceberg cliffs creaked and groaned around them. Grandma and Grandpa took long, purposeful strides as though they were cross-country skiing. Susie gracefully swerved and twirled like a figure skater. Sawyer flailed wildly like a baby bird trying to fly. Grandma, I thought we could only travel by globe once every 24 hours, Susie asked, gliding up to Grandma on one foot while leaning and holding out her hands dramatically. That's normally true, but when you snap the globe into these magical breastplates, it overrides that rule. Don't ask me how, it's wacky globe stuff. All I know is that magic always comes with a set of rules. Some of the rules can be tinkered with by other magical objects, and some magic can be abused. Like the No-God twins using their globes to do bad things. Susie noticed two baby penguins waddling along the ice and taking turns skidding along on their bellies. Oh, baby penguins! Oh, they're so cute! Can I keep one? Susie begged. Young lady, you don't know the first thing about taking care of a penguin, Grandpa said. Uh, Grandpa, it's called the internet. I can learn how to do anything, including how to take care of these cute little... The answer is no. Stop dawdling. A big igloo came into view up ahead. As soon as they saw it, they heard a poof behind them and looked. Luca Nogard and a handful of his henchmen appeared and landed on the ice. Luca wore a samurai breastplate just like Grandma, and attached to it was a globe, spinning to a stop after the jump. Once the men had gained their balance on the ice, they saw the boons and furiously chased after them. That's my globe! Luca cried. Not for long, Sawyer called back. He felt cool saying that, but it was short-lived because he tripped on a crack and totally biffed it. Grandpa quickly helped him up and ran for the hut. 
Luca and his men were gaining on them. They too were struggling to keep their balance on the ice, but they clearly had more experience on this terrain than the boons. Sawyer thought he heard the sound of dogs approaching. Their barks grew louder and louder. What were dogs doing way the heck out here? Sawyer thought. Seconds later, two men dressed in matching flannel shirts came riding up next to them in a sleigh, a team of dogs pulling them quickly across the ice. Hey, hey, said a skinny bald man, grinning from ear to ear. His big hairy friend riding next to him was equally chipper. Barry? Susie beamed. And Harry? Sawyer shouted. They couldn't believe their eyes. Barry bowed to them. At your service, eh? Looks like you got some unfriendly fellows running you down. Need a lift? Do we? The twins jumped onto the moving dog sled, and Grandma and Grandpa hopped on after them. As soon as they were on, Barry mushed the dogs faster, sending the sleigh gliding quickly along the ice toward the hut. Grandma looked at the twins. Friends of yours? They showed us around Canada, Susie explained. What are you two doing in Antarctica? Grandpa asked the men. You're a long way from home. Harry grunted and Barry interpreted. We hear the ice fishing's real good round here, eh? Thought we'd come try it out. <laughs> Never thought we'd find you goons sliding around. What's with all the fuss? No time to explain, Grandpa said. He ready to jump off the sleigh as they reached the igloo. Ready, kids? One, two, three! They jumped off the sled as it slowed and ran into the hut. They slid to a stop inside the large igloo and immediately started looking for the globe. Susie noticed how much warmer it was inside. Even though the hut was made of ice blocks, it shielded them from the frigid wind. Luca and his henchmen could be heard arguing just outside, their blurred silhouettes visible through the ice wall. Harry and Barry were blocking their way and talking their ears off. Are you a hockey fan, eh? Sawyer heard Barry say. Out of my way, you fools! Luca roared. There it is! Susie shouted. She pointed to a frost-covered globe sitting on a tripod in the corner of the room. Long, glittering icicles hung from it. Ooh, 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 can I chop it? Sawyer pleaded. Susie, you take this one, Grandpa said. Hurry! Susie ran up to the globe and took a deep breath. Luca and his henchmen were pushing past the Canadians. I said hurry! Grandpa repeated. Susie pulled her samurai sword back like a baseball bat and swung at the globe. The blade broke into it from the side and the globe exploded into chunks of ice. Grandma, Grandpa, and Sawyer cheered. No! Luca cried as he and his men came running into the igloo. Grandma threw on Grandpa's tricky glasses and looked at the map of the other globe locations. As quick as she could, she picked their next destination, spun the globe in her breastplate, and reached for her family. I got it! Grab on! Luca and his men charged. Before they could get too close, Grandpa and the twins grabbed onto Grandma as she touched the globe. <laughs> Freezing wind whipped them off their feet, and they were gone. Lucas spun the globe in his breastplate and held out his arms for his men to grab on. What are you waiting for? Grandma, Grandpa, and the twins poofed into a grand hallway and landed with a thud. 
As they got to their feet, they found themselves standing in a beautiful palace corridor full of paintings, statues, tall stained glass windows, and Vladimir Putin? Vlad? Grandpa said with a scowl. Putin raised his eyebrows. Kip, what are you doing here? If you came to play ping pong, I'm not interested. He held what looked like a magical globe in his hands. We didn't come here to play ping pong, Grandpa said. Hand over the globe, Vlad, Grandma threatened, unsheathing her sword. Oh, just one more bowl? That's when the twins noticed bowling pins lined up at the end of the hall. Sawyer's eyes widened. You're bowling with the globe? That's awesome! Poof! Luke and his henchmen appeared in the hall behind them. They scrambled to their feet and brushed the snow off their clothes. Vlad, you better not be bowling with my globe again! Luca yelled. Uh-oh, Putin said with a wince. Then he looked down at the pins and shrugged. Vlad listens to no one! He wound up and bowled the globe down the hall. Get it! Grandma shouted. Stop them! Lucas screamed. His men raised their weapons. Susie, the bubbles! Grandpa said, pointing to Susie's pack. Susie fumbled for the bottle of bubbles, pulled out the wand, and started blowing into it. Huge, thick bubbles expanded out the other side of the wand and floated in front of them. Jump in! Grandpa ordered. Sawyer, Susie, Grandpa, and Grandma each jumped into a giant bubble. Bullets ricocheted off the bubble shields and bounced off the walls, tearing into paintings and knocking over statues. Let's roll! Grandma told them. They ran in their bubbles after the rolling globe. The globe missed the bowling pins by a mile and continued down the endless hall. Putin's shoulders slumped. Why can't I be good at just one thing? More bullets ricocheted off the bubble shields as Luke and his men chased after the boons. Susie couldn't help herself. She crashed through the bowling pins and sent them flying. Strike! She cheered. Show off! Sawyer said. The globe was slowing to a stop and they were almost to it. Can I take this one? Sawyer asked. Go for it, Ellie! Grandpa encouraged. Grandma pulled out her sword and pounced on the globe. Slice! It was chopped in two and both halves rolled a little further before toppling over. They could hear Luca yell behind them. Grandma threw on Grandpa's glasses, scanned the map, and then spun the globe in her breastplate. Got it, she said. Everyone grabbed on and she touched the globe. <laughs> Seconds later, they reappeared in a big empty factory. The grungy old building was a stark contrast to the magnificent Great Hall in Russia. It's Luca's chocolate factory in Switzerland, Susie announced, recognizing the red brick walls. Of course he's hiding one of the globes here. Let's see where it is. She opened the guidebook and instructions appeared on the page. It's in the taste testing room at the other end of the factory. Poof! Luke and his henchmen appeared by the entrance behind them. They raised their weapons. Click, click, click. Oh, we're out of ammo. One of the men said, like a toddler whose favorite toy just broke. Lucas smacked the back of the man's head. Of course you are, you meatheads! You kept shooting long after they were gone! Sawyer, throw the marbles. 
Grandpa whispered. Sawyer quickly pulled out the sack of marbles from his pack and tossed them toward Luca's men. It seemed like a silly thing to do. What were a handful of marbles going to do? Luca chuckled. That was a terrible throw, kid. If you were aiming for my face, you needed to throw a little harder. <laughs> pop! One of the marbles popped like popcorn and turned into two. Pop! Pop! A couple more popped, making more marbles roll onto the floor in front of them. Luca frowned. What the? Pop! 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 Marbles popped everywhere, creating more and more until the entire floor between the boons and the henchmen was in motion with the slippery little orbs. Let's go, Grandma urged. They turned and ran for the testing room. Don't let them get away, Luca roared. He and his men tried to chase after them, but slipped on the sea of marbles and landed hard on their bottoms. Grandpa, Grandma, and the twins skidded to a stop in the taste testing room. Sawyer ogled the flowing chocolate fountains and towering shelves that bowed under the weight of Swiss chocolate bars. There it is, Susie said, pointing to an old globe sitting atop a platform made from solid dark chocolate. Sawyer started to draw his sword. This one's mine. But Grandpa was already on it. Die, globe! He jabbed into it and then swung his sword, flinging the globe across the room until it shattered against a chocolate statue of a peacock. Gramps, what's the deal? Sawyer complained. Sorry, I couldn't help myself. Grandma threw on her glasses and scanned for the next destination. Next to her, Sawyer stifled his frustration by stuffing his pockets with candy bars. Susie could hear Luca and his men sliding closer and closer to the room, groaning every time they slipped and fell. They're almost here, Grandma! I got it, toots! She spun the globe, studied it, and reached out her hand for them. They grabbed on. They found themselves standing in the Brazilian jungle. Enormous trees buzzed with life. Sawyer remembered it all too well. Oh, I hate this place, he said. I'm allergic to the air here. He double-checked his pack to make sure they'd brought extra EpiPens. He's barely exaggerating, Grandpa said. We better make this quick. Susie read through the guidebook. The globe's in that hut out there, over the water, she said. Just over that bridge. Just? Grandma repeated. She and the others looked at the bridge leading to the hut. It was thin and rickety, barely held together with old rope and rotting planks. It swayed, suspended just over the mighty Amazon River. Piranhas periodically jumped out of the water, over the bridge, and chomped their razor-sharp teeth before splashing back into the water. The one-room hut sitting on piers looked like it was floating out in the middle of the river. Clouds of mosquitoes hovered over it. Sawyer's face drooped. Well, it was nice knowing you guys. Grandma threw her arm around him. You'll be fine, sweet cheeks. Just stay close to Grandma. I'll punch those piranhas in the nose. Sawyer believed her. No need, Grandpa said. He pulled out his special little stapler and held it up like he was a big shot detective with a gun. I'll handle it. Poof! Luca and his henchmen appeared back in the trees, nursing their sore bottoms. Go! Grandpa said. 
They ran for the bridge. As soon as Susie stepped on, three piranhas sprang from the water. Clip, clip, clip! Grandpa shot them out of the air with his stapler. Grandma and the twins ran as fast as they could over the wobbly bridge while Grandpa hung back and sniped piranhas out of the air. Clip, 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 clip! Fanged fish flopped onto the bridge all around them and wriggled. Goo, gross! Susie said, hopping over them. She pulled out a little can of hairspray and sprayed it at the cloud of mosquitoes as they reached the hut. Ducking under the swarm, they ran into the hut and found the globe sitting in a hammock that hung from a thatched roof ceiling. Finally, Sawyer said, dramatically pulling out his sword with a sneer. Just as he raised it to strike, the hut jolted and Grandpa came banging through the doorway. The globe fell out of the hammock and rolled across the floor. Sawyer tried to chase it down. His sword kept missing, but skimmed it a couple of times, leaving cracks. Ow, 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 my toe! Grandpa cried, hopping into the hut on one foot. He held his other shoe, which had a piranha clamped down on his big toe. Why couldn't this armor come with boots? He banged his foot all over the place, trying to get it off. Crash! Boom! Bang! He kicked the wall, a desk, a chair, and then smash! His foot came crashing down over the cracked globe, breaking it to pieces. Defeated, the piranha finally let go and plopped onto the floor. Oh, there, Grandpa sighed. Much better. Sawyer's jaw dropped. Watch it! You almost hit my head! They heard Luca shout outside. They peeked out the window and saw Luca making his way across the treacherous bridge, ducking as his men swung their weapons wildly at the jumping piranhas. Grandma was already looking into the glasses for their next destination. Grab on, kids! We're going to Egypt! Oh, my toe! It stings! Grandpa moaned. Grandma backhanded his shoulder. Stop your blubbering, you big baby! It was just a little fish! Everyone grabbed onto Grandma's arm, and she touched the globe. They spun around and around and around, and then stopped. They were standing at the base of an Egyptian pyramid. Susie opened the guidebook. No, 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 no. You know what? Sawyer said. If you guys aren't going to let me chop one of these globes, then I at least get a turn with the guidebook. Sawyer reached for the book. Susie pulled back, but Grandpa reluctantly told her to hand it over. Ahem. Let's see here. Sawyer licked his fingers as he turned the pages. Psh, easy peasy. The globe is at the top of the pyramid. Good job, Sawyer, Grandma said, trying to be encouraging. Yeah, congrats. You can read, Susie added. Sawyer scowled at her. Following Sawyer's instructions, the boons ran into the pyramid and zigzagged through confusing passageways. They climbed up narrow stairwells and over tall, dusty blocks until they found themselves in the top room. Panting and covered in sweat, they took a look around. The room was empty. Let me see that book, Susie said, grabbing it out of Sawyer's hands. She turned the book so that it was right side up and pointed to the diagram of the pyramid on the page. It's in a room at the bottom of the pyramid, you egghead! Grandpa and Grandma groaned. Whoops, my bad. Kip, Grandma said desperately. 
We aren't going to get there in time. Luke and his men probably already got it by now. Grandpa thought for a second, and then walked over to a ladder leading out of the room's ceiling. Susie, grab those marbles, will ya? Everyone, follow me. Quick! They scurried up the ladder after Grandpa until they found themselves standing outside on the tippy top of the pyramid. Wind whistled loudly in their ears, and their hair whipped all over the place. Is that the room down there? Grandpa asked Susie, pointing to a little hut at the base of the pyramid. A group of dots were running towards it. Susie checked the guidebook. Yep, that's it. Let's see those bubbles. Susie handed them to Grandpa and he quickly blew four huge bubble shields. He shoved Sawyer into the first one and sent it rolling down the side of the pyramid. That's for making me run up those stairs, Grandpa called after him. Then he helped Susie and Grandma into theirs and climbed into one himself. Together, they rolled down the pyramid towards the little hut. Susie was starting to feel sick from rolling so many times. As she came down, she could see the men jumping out of the way of Sawyer's rolling bubble below. But they weren't quick enough to dodge hers, too. Splat! She rolled right over Luca and his henchmen, flattening them to the ground or sending them flying. Strike again! Susie cheered. Get over yourself, Sawyer said, dizzily squeezing out of his bubble. Susie, Grandma, and Grandpa did the same and then ran into the little hut while Luca and his men picked themselves up. There, on the table, Grandma said, pointing to an old wooden globe. Susie showed off by sideswiping it in half as she did a bow. Susie, Sawyer whined. What the heck? Sorry, Sawyer, I forgot. Grandma spun the globe. We got to get Lucy Nogat before she's given a globe in jail, she said. Grab on. They grabbed on and she touched the globe. Now they were in prison, a place the twins never thought they'd be. The hallways echoed with the sound of guards yelling at inmates to quiet down. Men in orange jumpsuits sat on their beds or talked to each other through bars. Susie pulled out the guidebook. It says they're delivering it to cell number 247 in the East Wing. Sawyer recognized the accents around them and realized the globe had taken them to Australia. Which would make sense because that was where the police took Lucy into custody. As they ran down the halls, guards shouted for them to stop. Sawyer felt like an escapee. All he needed to make it official was an orange jumpsuit. With the inmates cheering them on, the boons slid around corners and sprinted for the east wing. A couple more turns and they'd made it to the 200s. A guard holding a medium-sized box was hurrying down the hall ahead of them. He's taking her the globe, Grandma whispered. They ran after him. As they got closer, they noticed the dragon patch on his blue uniform. It was a dragon henchman dressed up as a guard. The imposter reached Lucy's cell and then took an old dusty globe out of the box. Grinning, he pressed a button outside of her cell and the cell door started to open. The boons ran harder. Sawyer, toss me that rubber band gun, Grandma said. Sawyer threw it to her and she took aim. The henchman guard spun the globe and held it out for Lucy to touch. Fling, 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 boing! Rubber bands shot out of Grandma's gun and formed a web between the guard and Lucy, making her hands in the globe bounce back. No! Lucy screamed, barely missing her escape. 
An alarm sounded through the prison, and the twins could hear more guards running up behind them. Grandma shot a couple more times, and the henchman's hands were tied in rubber bands, making him drop the globe. I got it, I got it, I got it, Sawyer said, giddily running after the rolling ball. He must have been too giddy, because he accidentally kicked it, and it bounced off the wall and smacked him in the face. Grandpa stopped it with his shoe, spun his sword around, and plunged it into the heart of the globe. You'll regret it, Lucy yelled from her prison cell. She took a few steps back and then ran at the web of rubber bands, trying to break through. Boing! It sent her flying back. Have fun in jail, Susie said cheerily. Watch your tone, young lady, Grandma said. It's too nice. Have fun in jail, Susie said in a deeper voice and with a cocked eyebrow. Much better. Grandma spun the globe in her breastplate and looked at Grandpa. Luca has the last globe. How do we find him? He should have been here by now, right? All of a sudden, a spot glowed on the globe. Everyone looked at each other. Guess that answers my question, Grandma said. She slowly reached out and touched the glowing spot. Whoa! Sawyer said, looking down. They were standing next to the torch of New York's Statue of Liberty. Well, la-dee-da, I thought you guys would find me, Lucas said, standing only a few feet away. His globe was still spinning in his breastplate as though he'd just arrived. This time, it was only him. No guards, no weapons. You might have cut up most of my collection, but as long as I have this one, my first, you'll never catch me, he said. I'll run forever if I have to. I have connections all over the world, as you very well know. You're also wanted all over the world, Grandpa reminded him. And without the other globes, your operations won't be as sneaky. You'll be caught in no time. Don't you worry about that, old man. I have my ways. Even if you did stop me, what makes you think I'm the only one out there causing problems? You think those were the only globes being used for such things? Please, my absence would only create opportunity. A chance for the smaller fish to rise up and get their piece of the pie. Get down from there! shouted a scrawny security guard below. You're not supposed to be up there. Oh, be quiet, little man, Lucas screamed down at him. I'm in the middle of a very important speech. Oh, oh, oh he called me a little man. I really hate that. You know what? I'm calling the police. The guard whipped out his phone and paced in the lawn as he made the call. Luca, hand over the globe and turn yourself in. Grandpa said. You've had a good run, but we both know that as long as we have a globe, you'll have nowhere to hide. I think I'll take my chances. Lucas spun his globe. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have a globe to touch. He stretched out his finger. Grandpa sprang for him. Luca tried to touch the spinning globe, but was tackled before he could make the touch. He and Grandpa scuffled on the ground. After some rolling and grunting, Luca got the upper hand and shoved Grandpa down. 
you're a feisty old man, Lucas said, standing over him. I can see why the globe chose you. He spun the globe. Before he could touch it, Grandpa kicked it off the breastplate. Sawyer! He shouted. Sawyer watched the ball come flying towards him. It was too high. There was no way he could reach it. He glanced at the railing next to him. The globe was almost over him. All eyes watched it spin through the air. Sawyer jumped off the railing, whipped out his sword, and sliced it out of the air. Both halves vanished over the railing as Sawyer came rolling back to the ground. Everyone stared in amazement. Sawyer! Grandpa said, staring at him. That was awesome, son. Sawyer smiled. Thanks, Gramps. Susie interrupted their moment. Luca's getting away! They turned and saw Luca bolting for the stairs. Grandma pulled out the rubber band gun, and fling, 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 Luca's hands and feet were tied up in rubber bands. He collapsed and lay wriggling like a lassoed calf. Nice shot, Grandma, Susie said. What about my chop, Suze? Sawyer asked, awkwardly trying to twirl the sword in his hands. Come on, I just flew through the air like a weightless ninja. Susie laughed. Sawyer, it was great. Yeah... A helicopter flew towards the statue. Leaning out its window, a policeman shouted into a megaphone. Put your hands in the air! I told you you were busted, the security guard taunted from below. Grandpa took Sawyer and Susie by the hand and smiled at them. I'm so proud of you two. All that you've learned, that you've accomplished... I'm honored to be called your grandpa. Oh, thanks, Grandpa. We're proud of you, too, Susie said, giving him a hug. And you, too, Grandma. Grandma joined the hug. What will they do with him? Sawyer asked, nodding to Luca, who was struggling on the ground. They'll take him to jail like his sister, Grandpa said, where hopefully they both stay for a very, very long time. The dragon is done, Grandma said, squeezing them tighter. Let's get you two home before we're all taken to jail. She spun the globe slowly and studied it. Grandpa and the twins put their arms around her. After a few more seconds, she reached out and touched it. The four of them landed with a plop onto the couch in Grandpa's study. Covered in sweat and dust, they laughed and hugged each other again. Just four samurai celebrating on the sofa. A glass shattered behind them. Startled, the twins turned to see their parents. Sawyer and Susie's dad was sitting in a chair by the wall, looking at them like he'd just seen a ghost. Their mom was standing up, her hand still positioned as if she was holding the glass mug that now lay shattered on the floor. Their eyes bulged and their mouths gaped. The room was silent. <clears throat> Grandpa cleared his throat. Uh, apple cider, anyone?
Rocketeers. That was pretty wild. In case you didn't notice, there were a lot of in that episode. I hope you guys are satisfied with that season finale of Grandpa's Globe. I think the twins might be back in the future. We'll have to see. Thank you guys again so much for supporting the show. And be sure to tune into the other series we have going on right now. Till next time, Rocketeers. This is your host, Greg Webb.